0: what's up guys welcome back to the big shots nfl draft podcast i'm your host mike karnation i'm joined as always by my colleague over at blue chip scouting the best co-host in the business the one the only devin jackson devin how are you ah man
1: i i have mixed emotions right now so uh recording this on sunday night uh
0: this is gonna be the norm going forward we're gonna we're moving to a monday show
1: yeah so uh just just a terrible hour of football, man. For me, personally.
0: I um, watched the Raptors versus your Pelicans, so.
1: City of New Orleans not winning today. So, No, we can just no they weren't. The but yeah, uh, Saints didn't make the playoffs. Long story short, Rams blew a 17-point lead. What else is new? Anyway, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good. Um... I finally got around to taking the Christmas tree down. Uh, it's January 9th when we're recording this, so it's about time. Um, and then I've I binged the entire first season of uh, Mayor of Kingstown, which is a really good television show. Can't recommend it enough.
1: Jeremy nice. Renner.
0: Uh, so, yeah. Um, anyways, tonight as you're listening to this, there is the college football playoff national title game. Alabama, Georgia, rematch of the SEC championship game. Today, it's just nice and simple. We're only going to talk about this. Right now, we're going to start off with the players from Georgia to watch. Then we're going to take a break. Then we're going to talk about Alabama. Then we're going to give a score prediction. And then we're going to get on out of here. Yep, yep, pretty much. uh, Devin, let's talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. Obviously, had that fantastic start to the year really looked unstoppable until they faced this Alabama team in the SEC championship game. Obviously, they have a great defense that really showed up again in the college football playoff against Michigan. But Alabama's shown that you can, in fact beat this defense. Yeah, but uh, before we talk about that, like what are your overall thoughts on Georgia this year? I
1: think they have been as good as you can be in terms of um, talent. Uh, putting it all together, uh, pretty much running through the SEC East. uh, When you think about it, I mean, it was a fairly weak SEC East. You know, uh, Florida had a down year. Uh, Kentucky had a great year, amazing year. But uh, really outside of Kentucky, uh, in Tennessee for Ab, there really wasn't a bunch of competition in the SEC East in terms of uh, playing them down to the wire. So Georgia was far and away the best team in the SEC East, without a doubt. You look at all their games on the schedule; they pretty much won by double digits, and won pretty handily. Outside the Alabama loss, Uh, even the playoff game, they beat down Michigan pretty badly. So, you know this Georgia team is is pretty dominant. Their their defense is dominant, but uh, you have questions about their offense, and that that definitely came to fruition in the last matchup. Now they had a lot of yards on offense. If you look at the stats, you you'll look like oh they played great, but. When you go into halftime with a lead against Alabama and you fail to score, I don't even think they scored a touchdown in the second half of the game. That's just not going to cut it. So I, I think what it comes down to them is they have to, they they have enough talent to play Bama down to the wire. That's not, talent is not the question. But I really do think second half adjustments is their Achilles heel. Uh, when, it, when they play Alabama, they can't make, the proper adjustments, or they do make adjustments, but then they can't make those counter adjustments. Once Alabama finds something and they keep exploiting it, Georgia had no answer for it. So I think it's going to be about the second half of the game because I think the first half is going to go pretty much about the same as the first matchup. It's going to be pretty tightly contested. Both teams are going to be in the game. But I think the second half is going to come down to execution and and adjustments, and I think Georgia has lacked that severely, and, and that's what's kept them from winning a championship.
0: Yeah it's been it's been a couple years of this where when it's Georgia and Alabama we see Georgia start off well go into halftime and then usually fall flat in the second half and we saw a lot of that when these two teams matched up and I think part of it is is, listen Stetson Bennett is an okay quarterback but he's not a championship quarterback this is kind of like and and this is not apples to apples because the guys I'm about to mention actually won national titles. But remember guys like Jacob Coker and Greg McElroy when they used to play for Alabama? Blake Sims is another one where they were nice game managing quarterbacks with a solid defense. That's what I get from Stetson Bennett. Are any of those guys doing any A.J. McCarron being another one? None of those guys are doing anything on Sunday. Meanwhile, if you look over at Alabama's sideline, you have Bryce Young. And the last time that these two teams m- matched up in the, uh, in, in the college football playoff, we happened to also see Tua Vailoa, who just led the Dolphins to another winning record this year. And Jalen Hurts is going to be starting a playoff game next week. So the, it's been the quarterback play when these two teams face each other that's made the difference. Stetson Bennett played like crap in the SEC championship game, but I don't want to just constantly rag on Stetson Bennett. There are more players in this game than just the quarterbacks. I think the athletic did a top 35 prospect for this year's draft just in this game. So let's talk about some of those Alabama, sorry, those, those Georgia players first, who's, who are two or three of your guys to look out for? And then I'll give two or three of my guys.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to think of players that are not the the quote-unquote big-name guys. So I'm going to exclude Jordan Davis and Darian Kendrick here. Uh, but I do want to highlight uh, a couple of uh, players uh, that some one gets a bunch of love, one doesn't. Uh, so the first one I'm going to go with is Nicobe Dean. Uh, he has played – tremendous football this year uh one of the top linebackers in the country i believe he won the top linebacker award uh, the bucket uh, yeah award. i think so i think um, so but he is a, a, a side to side sideline to sideline a rangy linebacker that uh closes very very quickly has some insane closing speed uh has some aside and coverage as well uh can uh you know make those those zone coverage drops get into passing lanes. Uh, and does a really good job playing physical at the point of attack. You know, he's able to stack and shed blocks. He's able to, uh, you know, beat blockers to the spot, especially like pulling guards, tackles, uh, and beating them to the corner. So he does a, a little bit of everything you you would want uh, in a modern-day linebacker. And uh, he, he's kind of a old-school, but, you know, has the athleticism of a new-school linebacker. Like, he, he will get, uh, uh, you know – mixed in with the the trenches we saw a lot of linebackers that usually uh, like to slip under uh, reach blocks that slip under uh, you know uh, you know offensive tackle blocks but he likes taking a head on and uh, you know stacks and sheds with the best so uh, that is a a player one for me to watch Uh, I think his matchup against Brian Robinson uh, from uh, Alabama the running back who had a big day uh, his career day against Cincinnati I think that that matchup between those two guys uh, could could you know help our, uh, Georgia you know stop Alabama's uh, physical running game? So I think he's going to be the first guy on the list that that you want to take a look at, especially a team that's needing a linebacker this year.
0: Yeah, I think Nicobe Dean. Listen, I think we can all pretty much agree that Devin Lloyd is is linebacker one in this class. I think you can make a a a, a definite case that linebacker two is solidified, and that that's Nicobe Dean. It's linebacker three that I think is where we start having more conversation. I think N'Kobe Dean might surprise folks if he goes in around that 25 to 32 range is where I think he might end up going when it's all said and done. Uh, my first guy that I want to talk about, Devin, uh, for Georgia, uh, James Cook. I know Bossman is a big James Cook fan. Uh, I am also a big James Cook fan. I haven't actually gotten around to watching all of his film, but he had his best game in the College Bowl of a playoff since he could not, since he Michigan could not cover him. Um, He's, he is an interesting prospect. Um, He's very much kind of that running back wide receiver hybrid. Uh, And it's not exactly what I expected. What I, you know, was thrown on the film in the summer, Dalvin Cook's brother, uh, you know, figured play very similarly. He doesn't play all that similar to Dalvin. He is very much your, uh, I, I want to say it was Dame Brugler that said, uh, uh, James Cook is much more of a Naheem Hines and Tony Pollard hybrid type of running back. And I like that. I think that he could surprise some folks probably go in that late round three, early round four range. Um you know, this is a good, this is a low-key good running back class, and I think that because of his versatility, where he hasn't had a ton of of uh, of work because he's been behind for whatever reason, Zamir White, he's a much better pass catcher. He's better blocker, in my opinion, and I think he's way more versatile. The NFL loves those versatile guys. Tony Pollard, Naim Hines went in that round three, round four range. Wouldn't be surprised to see James Cook do the same. I think he's a very good player. Alabama's going to have to contain him.
1: Yeah, I think Alabama uh, or Georgia should should definitely, uh, you know, throw in some choice routes, really attack those two linebackers for Alabama, make them cover in space. I think. That is going to be a, a thing to watch in this game and see if they attack uh, those matches because I, I would take James Cook over Henry Toa Toa and um, the, the other linebacker, Christian, my Harris. Name, Christian Harris. I, I would take him in his ability to, to get open over, uh, you know, uh, them covering him out of the backfield successfully uh, nine times out of ten. So that, that's – uh,
0: Who's your next Georgia guy?
1: Uh, Jamari Saylor, the the offensive lineman. I was going to say
0: Jamari Saylor. God yeah, Jamari Saylor.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he's a he's kind of the Swiss Army knife of Georgia's offensive line. Uh, played a little bit of everything during his time at Georgia, but he did a really really good job. Uh, Matched up against uh, Aiden Hutchinson uh, against Michigan, and he, he's going mm-hmm. to do another great job against uh, Will Anderson and and what he brings to the table yeah. because. <laughs> you you have to be able to easier said him.
0: than done, my friend. Easier said than done.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if he if he does a really solid job, I think it could go a long way for his draft stock. And and I think you know just the the line in general for Georgia is going to have to show up and ready to play. Because uh, Stetson Bennett, man, when things are off schedule, do not expect him to uh, make a a number of plays outside of pocket. He can run a little bit and and still, you know, pick up some first downs here and there, but he's not Bryce Young. He's not CJ Stroud. He's not that level of quarterback that, uh, he can work off schedule and be just fine. Uh, so they're going to have to give him time and and sailor is going to be a a big, huge uh, part of that.
0: Yeah. Salier's sorry. It's Salier. I just realized, uh, I've been saying it wrong myself, but yeah, Jamar Salier. I think he's someone where I, he's playing left tackle right now. I don't think he's going to play left tackle at the next level. I think he's only about 6'3", which is really going to limit him. But I think that he can move inside to play either guard spot, maybe even center depending on what the system is. I, I know people hate when, I, when everyone goes move every offensive tackle into guard. I think he's actually better off at guard at the next level. I have him as a top five for interior offensive lineman. I think he's a really good player definitely going to be crucial for uh, for Georgia my next guy uh Devin because you stole mine I was going to go with Jamari Saylor because I f- figured there was no way you're going to say it I'm going to go for two for one I'm going to go with the with the edge rushers you have to talk about Trayvon Walker and uh and Nolan Smith Nolan Smith former five star like number one recruit in the nation if I remember correctly uh but just He's been there for, at Georgia for, I think he's a fifth-year guy, uh, but this has been a good year for him. He's put up some decent sack numbers. Trayvon Walker, though, I've seen him listed as a defensive end. I've seen him listed as a defensive tackle. I've seen him listed as an edge rusher. Don't think it really matters where you put him, as long as he's just allowed to go hunt the quarterback, 6'5", 275. He's, him versus Evan Neal is going to be huge. Uh, this is going to be some – someone's about to make themselves some money in this game. Um You know, especially with Evan Neal potentially being the number one pick, given who owns that pick, Trayvon Walker has a good game. He might start seeing himself maybe – Devin, I've seen him talked about early second round. Now, he has a good game against Evan Neal. We might be talking about Trayvon Walker in round one. Yeah, And he's going to need to. They need to contain Bryce Young. I know he's not much of a scrambler. But they need to contain him, keep him inside, have the two of them, plus Channing Tindall when they're rushing, all rushing the quarterback. They're going to – I mean, it, it's really going to make it or break it whether or not Bryce Young can uh, can rip off some plays. If they get to him early and often, this might be uh, George's best chance of slowing down this offense, which has been unslowdownable, which is not a word, but I just made it one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta keep him in the pocket. You gotta keep him uh, off schedule. You gotta basically take a page out of Auburn's book. You gotta get a lot of pressure on him, uh, force him to take the short routes, uh, take the underneath coverage. because uh, basically that's how you stop an explosive offense. You make them uh nickel and diamond down the field, make them earn it, uh, and and make them be perfect on on those uh, you know, timing routes. And they gotta get hands on those receivers, especially Jameson Williams, but but it's definitely gonna be a key part. Uh, keep him contained and, and making his life difficult uh, and, and getting some interior rush. So i want to see Jordan Davis as well, uh, get some interior rush as well and, and push the pocket. See, now I
0: think you're asking for too much. You're asking like Jordan Davis will not be on the field for like 40% of this game.
1: True. But on play action plays, I think that's where he can yeah. hopefully make, make a impact.
0: Listen, Jordan Davis. I, I know. He's very good at what he does. And we just saw a nose tackle like Vita Vea get a $73 million extension. So people are automatically going to be like, well, there's our Vita Vea. The difference is Vita Vea never comes off the field for Tampa. He plays like 75 or 80% of the snaps, which for a 350-pound nose tackle is insane. Jordan Davis is your throwback type of nose tackle. He's not Brandon Williams. He's not, you know, Vita Vea. He's not Don Terry Poe. He's like Casey Hampton, Corey Simon, those type of nose tackles. On passing plays, you take them off. He doesn't – the cardio with Jordan Davis is just not there to be on the field all all the time, and that worries me.
1: Yeah. I I know we said we weren't
0: going to talk about Jordan Davis, but I'm going to talk about Jordan Davis. To me, because of his lack of cardio and the fact that I know him and and his lack of – of pass rush upside where do you take him he's an elite run stuffer if this was 2003 he'd be a first round pick but it's not
1: yeah I mean I don't know you you take him take him late day two day three not late day two but you take him on day two and and have a plan for him that'd be my you guess know what?
0: like there are more Georgia guys on this defense like I said Channing Tyndall who flew under the radar, had a massive game against Clemson this year to open the season, has kept that, that level of play going through the entire year. And then in the back, you know, they've got Darian Kendrick, but at safety, they've also got Louis Seen, who's probably a top 65 player in this class as well. George's defense is loaded, but it's basically Jordan Davis that has stolen a lot of the you know, you know, the plaudits from him. It's the other guys. It's the other guys. Sure. Any For other sure. Uh, Georgia prospects you want to talk about? Uh, not really. I think I mean, we ran through all of them. Like George Pickens much. is probably the only one we missed out on. And Zamir White. Yeah. Zamir White will get 18 carries in this game. I, that's my bold take. They will give him the ball 18 times. He may only get 43 yards with those 18 carries, but they will give it to him 18 times. Without a doubt.
1: I, but no, not really. I mean, I, I feel like we hit on pretty much all the guys that maybe to X
0: factor for this game for Georgia, it's the tight end. Yeah, definitely. It's Brock Bowers.
1: Without, uh, I mean, he, he's unguardable. So he, they need to get him the ball down the seams and uh, find matchup uh, matchups where he can exploit it for sure. Because he he's he's a mismatch uh, for whoever they throw at him.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break. we we come back, we're going to talk about Alabama's players. We want to thank our friends over at Jersey House for sponsoring today's show. No one likes paying full price for jerseys, and thanks to Jersey House, you don't have to anymore. Jersey House has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey, or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. Head on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15% off. All right, we are back. And uh, well, as good as George's team is when it comes to prospects, we've gotten used to saying this over the last decade, Devin. Let's talk about Alabama and their like, 18 draftable players from this this year's team yeah, Do you I mean, start our, yeah go ahead name name a couple of guys and then we'll go back and forth because we we could literally be here all night
1: yeah i mean i think the the most obvious one to start with is Jamison williams uh you know he, he's a game breaker and, and he's able to uh, really uh, create mismatch problems. And, and he did against Georgia, you know, he took a simple uh, slant route and, and took it like 50, 60 yards for a touchdown. So he, he can change the game and, and flip the, the you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of the the mode of the game and without like, just in a quick second, all of a sudden you're going from, uh, uh, you know, maybe leading 10 to nothing all of a sudden he scores an eight-yard touchdown is 10 seven. And all of a sudden now, Alabama's back exactly where they want you to be. So he, he can change the game uh, with his lightning quick speed. I uh, want to see Alabama continue to be creative with them especially with John Mecci out uh, and, and attack some of those other corners uh, outside Darian Kendrick um, and, and exploit some, some mismatches in the slot as well. So I expect him to have a big game. Um, and he's one to watch. Uh, Jordan Battle, the safety for Alabama, too, is someone to watch. Uh, he's he's had a really solid season uh as a starter. And uh, you know, most memorable thing I can remember from his season is like having that pick six against Mississippi State. Um, but he's he's done a really good job this season in, in creating turnovers and uh being opportunistic in that that Bama uh, kind of kind of young secondary, but somewhat experienced. You know, they got Josh Jove out there as well, uh, that's a bit grabby at the top of routes and uh, needs to be better and finding the ball in the air. But uh, they have a pretty impressive secondary led by Jordan Battle as well.
0: Yeah, Jordan Battle um, really broke out in a major way this year. I think they expected a lot from him. I think he rose to the occasion on, you know, uh, this season where a lot of people weren't really sure about him from what I remember coming into the summer. Um, I'm going to go with the big hog mollies up front, Devin. Uh, Evan Neal, I think he should be the number one overall draft pick this year based off of who has that pick. Uh, listen, if you've listened to me or, or Browning this year, we were not the biggest fans of Evan Neal coming into the year. I didn't have him in my preseason top 50, uh, because I thought he had some, some serious balance issues. He has worked those out, uh, and he has just become incredibly well-rounded. Uh, he's definitely grown into the hype. Like the hype for him in the summer was ridiculous. Now he's starting to actually play like what we expected from him. Dude's an absolute freak. The other one is, is the, the guard, Emile Akior. I know he missed most of the game against Cincinnati with an injury. I think he's uh, ready to go for this one. Power right guard. Uh, this is, he's taking over for Deontay Brown, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's a better prospect than Deontay Brown was. Uh, moves better might even be stronger and is like 30 or 40 pounds lighter. Dude's an absolute brick shithouse. Um and that offensive line, they they cle- you could have driven a Cadillac through those holes that they're that they were opening up for uh for Brian Robinson Jr. who in his own right doesn't really get a lot of buzz. I think part of that is he's a sixth year senior at running back. Dude is 24 years old, which while he doesn't have um Sorry, I read something funny while I was in the middle of that thought. Well, he doesn't have like a ton of wear and tear. You have to worry, like 24 years old, how long is he going to be? Like, can you trust trust him to be a bell cow? Can you trust him to be someone you give the ball 15 times a game to? Is he going to start breaking down at 26, 27 years old?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of concerns there, but, I mean, right now, uh, all all Alabama fans care about right now is him running the football and and running it effectively. So uh, we'll see what happens there. A couple more guys I want to mention. Obviously, well, Anderson, someone we already talked about. Not even
0: draft eligible. This dude is insane.
1: Yeah, but but someone Should've else won the Heisman. Someone else, I mean this is catching my eye. Fedarian Mathis, the defensive lineman out of Alabama. I have
0: heard some hype. I haven't gotten to him, so I'm gonna let you just go off, King.
1: Yeah, so nine sacks on the year, uh Woo-hoo! a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, 49 total tackles. A uh, dude is I'm surprised he's not getting more hype in this interior defensive line class. He's played oh. very, very well in the interior. Um, and he I think he had
0: nine sacks.
1: Yeah, so I think he's going to uh, really shoot up draft boards over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and he has a big game on Monday night against Georgia. You're going to be hearing about him quite a bit in that second, third round range. I think he he has some really nice tools, man.
0: I was listening to a podcast with Fran Duffy and um, and Dan Brugler and, and Ben and Ben Fennel. and I can't, I I think it might have been Ben that said that. Federian Mathis, you know, when when everyone gets to the tape on him and you know, he has his week down on the senior bowl, which it looks like he's gonna go, we're gonna talk about him as possibly the second best defensive tackle in this class.
1: Yeah, I he, think he's really good, man. I I think people are gonna come around to him late, but I think he's gonna get some some late hype and, and then all of a sudden you're you're gonna have uh, yeah, another Alabama uh, defensive lineman, uh, similar to Christian Barmore, that goes in that second round range and becomes an immediate contributor.
0: On the po- on that podcast, they were refer- they were they talked about him not in like the Barmore pass rusher type ilk, but a lot more of the Deron Payne type, um, or the one that's playing for the Seahawks, Deron Reed. Um, much more in, like, that type of build where they get to the next level and you're like, whoa, I didn't know they had that in them. Yeah, like, that's what they're talking about. First, second round type dude where when they get to the next level, you just unleash them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he, he, they're going to be loaded once again. Uh, no surprise there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to uh, get some major hype uh, by the time draft day
0: rolls around. Um. Man, you kind of stole my thunder with... You know what? I'm going to go with Cameron Latu, the tight end. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley got a lot of the hype going into the year. I'm pretty sure Latu's also draft eligible, if I remember correctly. Um, Let me double-check that Christian. And, of course, I can't find... He was a defensive end when he committed to Alabama, Devin. Wow. Uh, converted. Yeah. He's a red shirt junior. He is eligible. He's actually outperformed Jaleel Billingsley uh, this year. They've been very much, um, you know, Latu's game ever since uh, week one, when we had uh, that, but yeah, like we've pretty much ran through all of the prospects. Like, you know, you could talk about Jalen armor, uh, armor Davis, all of them, Uh, but we are running a tight ship. So Devin, Give me a quick keys to victory and then a score prediction. I'll do the same and we will get on out of here.
1: Yeah, basically, uh, I think Georgia has to uh, have a clear game plan. They got to stick to it, but uh, make adjustments in the second half. I think this game is pretty much going to be uh, evenly matched it's going to have a really tight game. Uh, I think going to going to pull it off and win. Uh, I think they win a, a relatively low scoring uh, game. I think they won 27-24.
0: I'm going to go in the opposite route. I think that Kirby Smart's stubbornness is going to get in the way once again. I think that Alabama is going to realize that just like the SEC championship game, Kirby Smart's not going to line Darian Kendrick up on Jamison Williams. They're going to rely on Keely Ringo, who's not experienced enough way too young, should not be covering someone like J- Jameson Williams, would much rather have Darian Kendrick matched up one-on-one on uh, with with Jameson Williams. But by the time that they make that adjustment in the third quarter, Alabama's up two scores. I think Alabama ends up winning this one
1: 34-21. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, we'll see what happens Monday night. I'm going to but... say two
0: sacks for, for Will Anderson as well
1: yeah he's, he's definitely gonna cause problems and i, I just think put him down as number
0: one player for next year just put it in sharpie pretty much it's over it's over speaking of over today's podcast is over how's that for a segue you can find me on twitter at mike h underscore draft you can find Devin on twitter at real d underscore jackson follow the show on twitter at big shots pod follow our work at blue chip scouting follow blue chip scouting at blue chip scout and we will see you later this week if you want to show your favorite podcast some love May I suggest heading over to bluechipscouting.com and clicking on the merchandise tab and checking out the catalog of shirts, sweaters, stickers, and other gear available to you.